Cool. Welcome to REI Spotlight. Your host is David Schwan, and today's guest is Spencer Hilgoss. Spencer is, has a 13-year record building high-performance teams, adding as a currently executive leader for two real estate companies, Madison Investing, which has approximately 3,000 units worth $328 million, and he also works for Lending Home, who has lent over $4 billion in the fix and flip industry. Welcome to the show, Spencer. How can, um, give us a little bit more about your background. Yeah, thanks so much for having me, David. Excited to be on the show. Thank um, you for being here. Yeah, it's a great way to start the day. Um, so a little bit about me. Um, it's pretty simple. Uh, I live out here in the Bay Area, California. Uh, I was professionally uh, kind of reared into the local business. And the local business here is tech companies. And so the journey that people typically follow when they join that kind of career over 13 years is they start chasing the big exit. And they go into these early stage startups. I started, fortunately, I started at a big company, a Fortune 500 company, learned the ropes, and then went to a bunch of small startups. And everyone jumps in thinking, this is the next Google. This is the next Facebook. This is the next Uber. And, and uh, I hate to break it to most people. That is not always the case. <laughs> um, so, you know, I think a few years back, I finally realized that. And I actually um, joined a, uh, my, my current uh, day job, which is lending home. And, you know, we're the biggest fix and flip lender in the nation. We're doing 500 loans a month. So I was surrounded by flippers who ended up going off in many cases and starting their own flip shops. And they were in my ear telling me over and over, you should become a flipper. You should become a flipper. That's a very admirable and challenging and noble uh, trade. That said, I was just drawn to multifamily for so many wonderful reasons that we can go into here in a moment. So now we actively uh, and passively invest. Um, and so you know, we have those 3,000 units and that is comprised of uh, GP equity share for like 80% of that. So we own like meaningful pieces of, of those 3,000 units with many other partners and many geographies. Um, but also we passively invest. And so we passively invest as limited partners in amazing other deals across um, multifamily, you know, self-storage as well as mobile home parks. So I could talk a year off about that, but that, that's me in summation. In all fairness, I did start my real estate career uh, when I was about probably seven or eight years old, when uh, my dad was a, uh, a broker in the peninsula here in the Bay Area. He used, to, he used to sell these mansions for you know tech executives of the 90s. Um, and I had to do, uh, I, you know, I had to do open houses, whatever a, a kid who's eight years old could do. And eventually I was doing, which, doing those things in high school. <laughs> I, was, I was about to say, you started you out young and made you do some, some sweat equity even at eight. It's like, hey, uh, yeah, you're going to um, w- welcome to the business. Uh, here you go. Uh, yeah, you may only be able to point people to the cookie tray. Uh, yeah. uh, your, big, your, your, your big ask right there was don't eat the cookies. Tell them where they're at. Uh, besides pointing to your stomach and going there, <laughs> your, uh, you know, besides that, you know, it probably was pretty good from there. <laughs> Oh, for sure. And at the time, I didn't always necessarily acknowledge or realize it was pretty cool. I mean, it, it actually, in all fairness, really, I, I hated it. I hated it in high school. I had to sit there putting on like a tie and standing there in, in this really beautiful house, touring it for people. And uh, I, you know, I, I look back at moments where I got to like shake hands with like Joe Montana. And like, and at the time, I'm like, this sucks. I would rather be hanging out with my friends. But in hindsight, that's pretty cool. 
Yeah, that's actually. It's like, uh, yeah, I, I've got to shake hands with Joe Montana. There's not, you know, it's, uh, you know, there's that that list is, uh, you know, it's a pretty long list because he's popular and he's a sociable guy, but it's still, you know, it's not everybody can say that. That's right. So <laughs> I, I, I'm I'm thankful for that. But these days, um, my wife and partner and I are growing Madison. Um, you know, I, I at first I would say we thought it was just going to be a side hustle a few years ago. Um, I, I'm one of the rare people in this real estate investing community who, who can say this, despite the fact it's probably a little blasphemous, which is, I don't hate my day job, David. And well, so I, I actually think I enjoy my coworkers. Um, and, and I think every single day I'm talking to new investors that want to work with us on projects and they're, they're sitting there going, oh, should I become a flipper? Should I go and be active? And I'm like, do you hate your job? And they say, well, no. I'm like, well, just why don't you become a real estate investor passively? Why don't you just continue working that $250,000 a year engineering job at Facebook yeah. and then invest your excess savings into projects that are going to get you a better return? Yeah. That's just, that's fine. That's a very respectable strategy and it works. Well, I, I mean, I mean, look, we all can't, uh, you, you know, I, I've chosen to do real estate full time, but that's because I didn't like my day job. <laughs> so, you know, it, it, right. it, it didn't work for me. I kind of, I get kind of jealous of those guys that do have those, uh, you know, like you said, you know, it's like I'm an engineer at Google and I enjoy my job. Well, by all means, keep doing your job. Just, uh, you know, partner, partner with, you know, people who are doing it and just invest passively. Like you said, you know, it's like, totally. it's, it's amazing if, uh, you, you know, if you have a day job and I know some, some, some other investors that have some pretty cool day jobs and it's like, Oh, dude. I mean, as long as you're enjoying it and you're, you know, you enjoy your job and you're killing it, why would you ever change? You know, and it's like, and that's, that's their philosophy. You know, it's like, look, not everybody who invests in real estate wants to do it full time or really, you know, I, I don't want everybody because then I might not have good doctors. I might not have good lawyers. You know, it's, it's, we need those other professionals that like, look, go do what you enjoy and do full time. And, you know, and, and just reap the benefits on the side and invest it with people who want to do it full time, you know, so certainly, uh, you know, not everybody needs to be in it full time. So I, I get your point. Like if you have a day job you enjoy, keep doing it. That's that you, you consider yourself blessed. <laughs> you know, I think not only is that an ongoing comment, I think even talking to some folks recently, because real estate has become so popular and it's all, it's something that the, the bug has bitten many of us, right? And I think it's a beautiful thing when people start to realize like their 401k is not necessarily a great idea. Um, And when they get into that mindset and they pick up a book or they start getting into uh, some of the amazing podcasts that I I adore that are really focused on the narrative of quit your job. And I I would just caution them against that because once they realize, hmm, a lot of the folks that go down a path that may be fully active they're, they are their own person. They're just their own person. They have, they have their own journey. And, and, and if you're in a spot where you have two or three kids, maybe more, you are both working. Let's say there's a lot of dual income parents, particularly in the geography where, where I live, because they have to. It's just too expensive <laughs> to live in the coast. As we, you and I were talking about before we kicked off the podcast. Um, they have to sit there and take stock of the many benefits of maintaining that, 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 that career. And that employment status, like try to go get a home loan when you're not a W-2 employee. Like it's, it's just, 
it's going to be different. <laughs> it, 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 it definitely is. It, it's yeah, yeah. I, I I agree with you. You know, it's um, there's some great podcasts out there, but like you said, you know, it's look look. If you enjoy your day job and you have a great day job and they take care of you, why would you change? Uh, I mean, I you, yeah. you know, it's and like you said, you know, it's like look, even you know, it's like look, if you're not ready to handle everything that comes with just being an entrepreneur and just being out there on your own and you know, it's a team sport, but you know, at the end of the day, you know, it's like, look, there's, there's, there's risks and rewards for everything that we do. And, and when you, you know, if you have a day job that you like, why quit it? I mean, you know, um, because you know, there's some people, you know, it's, it's, it's driven that way because there's a lot of people that would rather be doing this than their day job. And I, I understand. And I agree with those. I'm one, I'm one of those, but yeah, like if, if you don't, if you like your day job, just, Look, you can you can reap the benefits of real estate without having to do it full time. Yeah, and well, with that end, you know, I think most people, if they get to that point where they realize, oh, I can do both, then you get into more of like the how, and you know, how, like how how do I decide to either get into it in addition to my day job, or how do I do it either passively or even like semi actively outside the core hours that I'm that I'm working. And then balancing that with family life and, and, and with friends and with the, the big, the big wonderful world out there outside just the, you know, the, the many books and podcasts and, and underwriting spreadsheets that we all stare at. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's, and then I'm happy to talk more about the how and when we have time. Oh, no, no, go ahead. Go ahead. We can dig it. We, we can dig in a little bit more into the how right now. And, and it, or, uh, or like you said, you know, if you were talking about, you know, some of your passive investors out there, uh, you, you know, you had mentioned that you, you had some, some, uh, some good mindsets or, or, you know, where their mindset is, uh, with the, with the tech guys that you work with. Yeah. You know, so this is just a fascinating observation. So, originally we really thought when we were building up this business and we were like, we, we had struck up great partners embedded in each region that we wanted to go focus on, whether it's like Texas or Florida and a couple others on the East coast of like South Carolina. And we start partnering with these like construction experts that know how to swing a hammer. Thank God. Cause I don't, um, you know, p- people who actually are able to go and have like really awesome broker relationships that we could form GP, you know, general partner partnerships with. So we felt good about that. So we're starting to think like, who are the people that we could partner with more so on like the limited partner side? And I thought we were going to go more of that direction where it was purely maybe they're doctors, dentists, physicians, um, because that, that, those, those types of investors, they're too busy. They're highly educated in a very narrow way. And we thought maybe they want to go and invest and find, find, find those amazing returns like uh, uh, more so than other people. But then I quickly realized the narrative that I have experienced as a tech executive across five software companies is the common journey of the people that, that, that live out here in the Bay area. You know, you, you have this narrative of people that work extraordinarily hard. They were working like the way I was working in my last company where I had 16 hour days, including weekend work. And then they think this is going to all be worth it because I'm eventually going to hit that big exit and that exit in the tech community simply means an IPO. That's the most brandable, kind of sexy sounding thing that happens out there. Yeah, definitely. Or, or a big company comes in and buys a small company, which is more common. And so in that moment, the, the, these tech folks, these are brilliant in many cases, way smarter than I am. Like, like you know, they're, they're highly educated, 
academic badasses and they are so like you look at their track records on paper and you're like wow like, I'm, I'm humbled by your accomplishments but then you talk to them about how they decide to plan for the future financially and it resonates because i'm like wow that, that that's where i was at so i was working for the for this company working 16 hour days thinking that I was super proud of where my 401k had gotten over the last 13 years. And I'm like, man, that's great. It's like a six digit number. I'm so set up for retirement. And then I, I look at the calculators. I start reading more. I start, I, I read like something like 24 books on the space. So I listen to something like 400 podcasts plus, and I, and I just become the biggest nerd you can imagine as I'm sure that you have as well. And many other people oh. who achieve success in this space, you have to. Yeah, um, you, you, you definitely got to dig in. <laughs> Yeah, you just got to dig in. There's no way around it. And so I just realized like th this is the playbook that they are expecting to work be purely because that's what everybody does. Yeah. And that's what I thought was going to happen. I thought I'd eventually land in a startup where I'd make the big exit. And then it occurred to me like one of the uh, companies that did work for is likely to have that exit. And I'm, I'm excited. It's not real yet, but maybe it will. So let's play that out, whether it's me or one of them. They get a seven-figure check. What the heck are they going to do with that? Like, yeah, wait, they have any idea? Put it in an index fund? That's not a bad thing. Are, are they going to put it into a savings account? You know, I think I was excited the other day because I got a new emergency fund account. And I won't say the company, but it was like 2.7% or something really great. Yay! <laughs> Almost keeping up with inflation. Great. Um, and there's just no thought process that looks that far out and has a legitimate strategy for what to do when, when, when you have to actually put that capital to work, let alone you want that thing to become a lifestyle changing element for you. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, it's, it's, it's not, you, you don't want to take that, especially, you know, some of these guys, you know, it, it, it's, you know, it's like, look, you know, you're, they're, they're either hoping or, or wanting it to be like a one-time thing so they don't have to go back and do that 16-hour grind all over again in 10 years because they blew through this big chunk that they got. You know, they want to get it and make it work for them so that they don't necessarily, I mean, if they enjoy that 16-hour day, I'm pretty sure they're going to go back and do a 16-hour day because now they can afford to do what they enjoy. But, yeah. you know, it's a, it's a big different story when it's like, okay, I, I did that. I got where it is. I've reaped, you know, I've, I, I sown my six, 16 hour days and, and I've reaped this big reward for it. Now, how do I make this perpetuate where I can go work 16 hours again if I want to, but if I don't want to, this takes care of me. That's exactly right. You know, I, I don't know if, um, if you recall this one example, but it stuck with me so much from this is Robert Kiyosaki reference. Of course, we have to can't go through a podcast without one of those. Uh, I was about to say, there's not a, I don't think there's a real estate podcast out there that his name's not mentioned somewhere in it <laughs> for sure. It's got to be laced in there. So <laughs> it, it's, it's just the buckets and pipeline comparison. Definitely. And, and the old, and, and just for the sake of your listeners, I'll say it, but it resonated with me when I thought if you get a tech exit, or any other, think of any large one-time uh, liquidity event. Yes. Maybe, maybe you inherit a huge sum of money. Maybe you are sitting there and you have like a lawsuit. You're on the other side of something, hopefully not, not like a devastating car crash, but something that results in you getting a big, um, you know, a, a big liquidity event. And, and you sit there and you ask yourself, like, how do I go? Instead of having that bucket, as Kiyosaki says, the bucket that you want, you need to go fill up 
if that were to be full of cash, full of capital, dump it in, dump it into your house, you got to go back and pick it up again. And as opposed to building the pipeline, the pipeline metaphor is simply saying something that's sustainable continually flows and is able to actually sustain you and your lifestyle. Um, it's a played out analogy and metaphor because it's so popularized, but it's always resonated with me deeply. Like it was one of the things that stuck with me originally when I was getting into this stuff a few years ago, but uh, I bring all that up because ultimately, you know, just stepping back from the, the, this whole discussion of buckets and pipelines and, and, and tech exits and stuff, we're not doing this for the money. Like, like, like I'm doing this because I want to be a present father. I want to be a, a present husband. I would like to stop um, having to rush down to every minute, dropping my, my, my sons off at school and picking them up and being concerned like I'm not going to be able to get there in time. Um, I want to be able to uh, expose them to, to more world cultures by having us have the ability and freedom to travel and the ability to go like live in Spain for uh, a few years when they get older. Now I'm not taking a two-year-old on, on that experience. As I said, I don't think they, I don't, I don't think they'll quite get the experience quite yet. <laughs> not yet. We, so we have a little time buffer, but, but you know, that, that that's what it's all about is uh, ultimately you, I don't want to stop working. I think some people think when they get into either particularly, I think passive investing in particular, people think it's about, I need to go make all these investments and then sit on a beach. That sounds eventually really boring. And uh, I, I get stir crazy, really stir crazy. And so I would immediately um, just rule out the notion of, oh, people go and invest to get cash flow so they can just kick it. And I love video games, but I would not do that all day. I would optimize a workday, find a way to do meaningful work, give back to other people with learnings, knowledge, and also just community. And so it's, it's uh, that's to me what it's really all about. Yeah. The, you know, the, the passive stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I mean, that that's my point of view is it's, it's, I don't want, I'm not doing this to have cash flow so I can sit on my butt. It's, I'm doing this so I have cash flow so that, I can live my life the way that I choose. You know, I mean, it'd be nice to have the option if, uh, you know, today, if I want to go sit on the beach, I can go sit on the beach. I'd rather, you know, go down to the Boys and Girls Club and, you know, help mentor some youth or, you know, help speak to some youth and help, you know, help pass this entrepreneur spirit on to the youth underprivileged, somebody else, you know, be able to do. Uh, and that's the whole thing. It's like, I, it doesn't, you know, I do this so that when I wake up in the morning, I can be excited and I can just, uh, that I have the freedom to go do what I want. Now, me personally, I'm kind of like you. It's like, no, I'm, it, it, yeah, I'll sit on the beach, but you know what? Um, I, I, I'm kind of fair skinned. So like my time on the beach is very limited, you know, so, it's, <laughs> uh, you know, it's like, I'm, I'm going to go, I'll spend some time and then I'm going, I'm on to something else. But it's like, I just, you know, the, it's the whole freedom thing. And, you know, it's not, it's not sitting on my butt. It's the freedom that I can go out and, you know, help expand this world to make this world a better place. That's why I want passive, you know, that's why I want the cash flow. That's why I want the passive income is so that I can just go make the world a better place, whatever little piece that I can change, that I can go out and I can do that. And I don't have to worry about, you know, trading time for money. You know, I, it's, you know, it's instead of trading time for money, I'm teaching other people how they don't have to trade time for money. And to me, that's the ultimate thing of being able to spread this to as many people as possible and educating them. So that's, you know, that's my reason why I want 
you know, why I want the cash flow is because then I can improve the world around me. I think to that point, and it's such a good point, like the way we are, are educated and particularly, I think people that are highly, highly successful business professionals, as well as uh, medical professionals, like they, they are so confident in their knowledge and they're so excellent in what they do. They're used to winning. They're also used to being right and good on them. They're way smarter than I am. But the one thing that holds them back as a result of that is the mainstream education we all receive financially is that you absolutely should put all your money into a 401k, put it on autopilot in a target date fund. Uh, Originally, mine was like something like 2045. um, And then you just let it ride. And just like anything else in this life that people tend to learn eventually through scars and and just painful learnings is that if something is really easy, the outcome is typically not going to be as great. And so like if you just sit there, dump your hard-earned paychecks as I've been doing for 13 years into an automatically target fund 401k, you don't check out the fees they're charging you, it whittles away at its value. Ultimately, you're also acknowledging immediately on every paycheck, I can't use any of this stuff for 30 years. And it does nothing for me until then. And it assumes that I'm going to be poorer when I get there because that's why they put the assumption like you're going to live on 80% of your income. Yeah. Um, well, gee, how come, how, how come like highly successful professionals like aren't sitting there pressure testing that assumption? Like that's what I want to know. And, and like it, it, I have a bone to pick with it because it's maybe it's the fact that like I was brought up in, in an environment by like an entrepreneur uh, dad who was like, uh, who was a real estate entrepreneur. Maybe it's the fact that I played in too many punk and metal bands growing up. So I had a chip on my shoulder about being contrarian, but like it is deeply satisfying when you're working with someone and they want to work, they want to like actually start talking about this crazy real estate stuff. Not, they not only realize it's not crazy. They realize, Oh crap. I wish I had started this like 20 years ago and look, look at the numbers as to where I could have been had I done that. So I better get started now. So yeah. it's start, sorry for the soapbox. It's just, it's something that it, oh, no, it, no. I encounter that more frequently now than ever. No, 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 no. You're, you're right. Because it, it's, uh, you know, we've not been taught in school. It, it's kind of like, look, if you look back in the 1940s and 50s, there were ads for cigarettes that doctors recommended certain cigarettes for certain situations. You know, it's like, we know that that is all completely bullcrap now. You know, it's like, right. that, that's the worst thing in the world, you know? Right. You know, and that was accepted at that point in time. And, you know, it took years to be able to change that mindset on that side. We're kind of facing something similar now. It's like, look, this 401k, you know, this this status quo that has been preached at for so long, it's like, well, it's not really accurate. You know, it's like, it's better than, you know, I mean, you know, it's better than just throwing it into a uh, savings account. You know, I mean, you know, 401k is better than doing just that. But, you know, it's like, look, there's, there's so many, you know, it's like, look, that was a 401k or an IRA. That was a model T. We've, we've moved on, we've grown and there are, you know, there's Teslas out there now. You don't have to, you don't have to buy a Model T. Uh, That's right. <laughs> it's 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 like, look, there's there's Teslas, there's supercars, there's something that 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 fits whatever your flavor is. It's not some cookie cutter that a million people, you know, that 
300 million people, everybody's using the same thing because it's what we've been, you know, it's what we've been sold is this is the cookie cutter for everybody. And it's like, look, totally. no, it's, it's not, we've, we've evolved. I mean, you know, the 401k, we're, we're talking terminology that started in the eighties. Um, what, what, what do you do today that is done the same way it was in 1985? Nothing. There's nothing right. today that was done that way in 1985. And it most likely, if you are doing it that way, there's probably a little bit better way of doing it now. About 90% of things are about that way. You know, so it, that's the whole thing. It's like, look, yeah, 401k, at one point, it, it was a great thing. But we've evolved from that. You know, not only that, I mean, I love that 1985 reference. Like, it, it's just it brought him brought to mind a story and this is real from from two weekends ago i was in texas i was there for a conference and then also i was there because i got to visit five of the, of the properties that we've closed on in the past year um turns out dallas is a bigger place than i originally thought trying to drive around that's, to five properties in a hour period as as about right to say i've been to dallas i used to live in texas so yeah that's a <laughs> dallas is a little bit bigger a little bit bigger footprint than what oh you probably used to <laughs> It is sprawling and it was beautiful. I love it. But I talked to this driver. He's my Uber driver. No, Lyft, sorry, Lyft driver. And he's a 76 year old former um, equities investor, stock investor. And he lost, it, this is his description. He's like, we lost about 60% of their portfolio value uh, around 2008, um, as many people did. And it's a tragedy. Like, clearly. It's, it's not something that people look back on fondly. It brings back a lot of scary things for most people that went that had had, uh, had portfolios at that point. Mm -hmm. um, and so he was he, he was very knowledgeable on real estate. It was interesting. And he's the one that, that started the conversation with me. And, and he started saying like, oh, oh, you work in multifamily. Oh, oh, and you're out here to look at the properties that you've been working on. Oh, well, let me tell you my story about how we lost 60% of our portfolio and why I think he, in his words, it was the best thing ever. And he then, he then proceeded to say, my wife and I did not think that, that we would have so much expenses in retirement because you have all this extra time. You have to figure out what to do in that time. You spend more money because you got to fill the time. <laughs> so that 401k assumption of saying we're going to be living at 80% of our income and that's going to be sufficient is, is bullcrap. Um, and, and it's not, not only that. It's utterly misleading. And so he says there, it's like, cool. He's validating point number one about what, what's wrong with that mindset. And then point number two, he's talking about the fact that he thought going all in on the stock market eventually would have like the, the stability and recovery of being able to at least be there for him when retirement age hit. And he happened to catch a down cycle. And so it's, it, it's uh, he, he asked for, he not only did he ask for my business card, he asked for me to give him all my business cards I had on me so he could hand them out to some of his, his passengers that he thinks are too into stock investing just so they, they can go and like have some conversations and get some education out of it. So it was, it was compelling and it really stuck with me because the guy was, he had been so personally burned by that. Yeah. And, and that's just that personal. I mean, that's another personal story of look diversification. I mean, you know, you gotta be 
across multiple things. You know, you can't, you know, even if you like the stock market, you still shouldn't be, have all your eggs in one basket, you know, and that's right. That's, well, that's, I mean, that's like, you know, it's like, look, multifamily is my favorite, but I don't want all my eggs in a multifamily basket. That's why they're self-stored. Totally. Parks and, you, you know, it's, that's why you spread out and you diversify, you know, overall. So it's like, yeah, if you're all in the stock market, it doesn't matter if you're diversified in the stock market. You shouldn't be all in the stock market. You should be, you know, there, there, you need that other pieces and other investments besides just going, well, we're going to roll the dice with the stock market. I mean, you know, it's like, well, why don't you just go to Vegas? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, and, but, no, but you're hitting on a good point. Um, you're, you alluded to it, which is like, although we talk about, and I, I get very excited about uh, real estate investing and generating things like passive income from it and cash flow, like it still isn't an 100% all in thing. It's, you know, I, I, just this week, I am literally rolling over, um, a traditional IRA for my own, is my own personal one. Um, and then like an employer 401k, I'm moving that into one of those, um, very cool, like EQRP accounts, which is going to let me invest into more, uh, more types of assets, but I'm not getting rid of all stock. Yeah. Like I'm not dump, I'm not getting rid of bond investments either. It's just about making sure you're thoughtful and diversified and diversification is still a good idea, in my opinion, just my opinion. I am absolutely not a qualified licensed advisor. <laughs> neither, um, neither am I. Just throw that out there either. It's like, look, these are my opinions, but they are not certified opinions of any type. <laughs> 100% unlicensed. That is just my opinion and my personal choices with my own funds. Um, I, so I do think it makes sense. Have some stocks. Sure have some bonds sure go heavy on the real estate absolutely yes. <laughs> um and then maybe you know we'll probably even do some precious metals and all that good stuff too but like it, i i can't emphasize enough like how pe people tend to hear the, this particularly out here when i'm talking to our newer investors it's such a magical moment when i hear them realize capital gains investing is not the only thing that they need to stick with and the fact that a dividend as we've typically been conditioned to think of them, where you put money into if it's a dividend generating stock and it spits out a number and you're, you look at that number and you're like, oh, that's nice. As opposed to, oh, cool, I can pay my rent this month. Yeah. yeah. Like, I would prefer the latter. Um, and and I, I have yet to find uh, you know, a stock market type investment that produces a dividend that allows you to actually make decisions differently about how you pay for your life's expenses monthly. Um, so if someone does know those, please tell me, I would love to find out about those too, uh, but I, I haven't found them. So yeah, 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 yeah. It's like, look, if you know, it's out there, uh, yeah, co contact me because I'd be interested in learning more, you know, it's, yeah, like, exactly. you know, I, I like this vehicle because this is what this vehicle provides for me right now. But you know, Hey, you know, uh, if I have a Lamborghini and you know of a Ferrari, I'll look at that Ferrari, but. I haven't seen any out there. I've only seen this one. So, you know, if you have yeah. some, let us know. But, you know, it's it, this is the best one that I've found along the way, there, in my opinion. So, you know, that's that's I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick and ride with this until somebody finds me something better. And I think they got a they 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 have a, a a hard task ahead of them if they're if that's what they're looking for. <laughs> that's right. It is. Um. Well, Spencer, how do you uh, how do you like to give back to your community? Yeah, I mean, frankly, at this point, I'll just share briefly on kind of what our long-term vision would be. Um, 
So my business partner and my wife, uh, Jennifer Morimoto, um, ideally we want to be able to go, and this is like a three to five year vision, but you know, I think we're on track for it. We want to figure out how we can marry the notion of financial literacy and education with the ability to be a GP that is still providing uh, solid returns to, to limited partners that want to work with us. And I think that we can do that. Um, I not, only, not only am I confident in that, it's just you see the need for it every day. Um, there are even smaller meetups that you can notice, whether it's around the Bay Area, around some other metro areas, that are focused on things like financial literacy. However, I will say that they tend to stop around just the basics. You know, and like, like, like example would be, they tend to hit on things such as uh, make sure you pay down your credit cards every month. Cool. I actually, I mean, clearly I agree with that advice. Like I, I, yes, please go pay down your credit cards. And I'm speaking from personal experience of someone who had a really rough run in my early twenties with having way too much fun and <laughs> racking up an impressive bill. And so I did, we did pay that down. My wife and I got out of debt together. Now we're never going to do that again. So I agree with that advice. The problem is it stops around that level. And it assumes that people can't handle more. Yeah, and it's, it's, people are smart. I, I really do believe that people are smart, but but they need to be engaged in a way that is actually meaningful. So our, our goal would be at this point, the projects we work on, they have a community aspect to them. At least the tenants in, in these multifamily um, you know projects, there are events that are scheduled that are specifically just around community building. It hasn't taken off with like the financial literacy component yet, but that is part of our roadmap, and we want to figure out how we can marry. Uh, particularly, I would say multifamily as well as also mobile home parks um, with a financial uh, literacy angle to it. But in the meantime, I give back to my community every week by mentoring people pro bono. Um, and, and I do that uh, in the real estate community now. Somehow that just came up because people keep hanging out to me now. I don't have a coaching program um, that, that's paid, but I do take the time just to make sure that I can mentor people whenever I can. Um, so I try to give back in that regard uh, as well as just trying to be, um, you know, trying to frame projects and frame uh you know this education stuff whenever possible that i can but you know that's a long-winded answer to your question (laughs) no that's 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 an awesome thing and that you know um i mean actually you 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 hit on something there that i'd never really even considered or thought of because you know i'm kind of on the same path of being able to share education and financial literacy with with other people and helping people get on a path where they have more control of their life but I'd never really thought about it of tying like multifamily and, you know, being able to do events at, you know, at properties and being able to figure out how to do those events at the properties to help your tenants, you know, be able to, to, to increase their financial knowledge. I guess, you know, it's just sometimes you don't put, you know, it's like, wow, that makes perfect sense. I just didn't, hadn't married those two together. So actually that's a, that's, that's an amazing journey and an amazing thought process. I, I really, I really love that angle. That's, that's, uh, that's amazing. Cool. Yeah. I mean, just hold us to it. We've got a lot of work to do to get there, but yeah. <laughs> well, 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 well to to work. as, as Barry say, uh, you know, reach out to me if, uh, if you need help on those projects, reach back out to me. I'd, I'd gladly, gladly, uh, you, you know, want to want to connect and help you with that. Um, speaking oh. of connecting, how can my listeners, uh, if they want to get a hold of you and, and learn a little bit more or, or, uh, how, what's the best way for them to contact you? Yeah. Um, so we have a website, um, and a mailing list and that's the best way to get involved. Um, so our website is madisoninvesting.co, not.com.co, 
www.ghostbusters.co. Um, and on that site, anyone can sign up uh, or apply to join our mailing list, um, but you just have to fill out a very quick form. And we send out a, like a monthly newsletter. Uh, and we also, of course, you know, for people that openly want to become partners, we can talk to them about that too. Um, not everyone can, but we can talk to them about that. I'm always happy to take that phone call, but they do have to talk to me on the phone. Uh, <laughs> I promise I'm friendly, um, but uh, go to madisoninvesting.co and you can learn more there. Awesome, awesome. And that web address will be in the show notes. So uh, if you don't have a pen or pencil with you right now, uh, just uh, when you get someplace, click on the show notes, that web address will be there. So we'll get you taken care of that way too. Spencer, I appreciate so much uh, your time and I uh, look forward actually to having you back on again because I think we just barely kind of scratched the surface. I think there's way more we can dig into and way more that we can share. But again, I, I appreciate your time and thank you so much for being on. It's been a pleasure, David. I'd be happy to come back on. I, I didn't realize we we're already out of time and we just flew through this thing. So <laughs> it was a pleasure coming on. Thank you so much, man. I appreciate it.